Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Happy March. You too. It is coming in like a lion. (laughs) Hoping for a snow day. As the listeners read this, it will be today if it really happens. But did I say read this? I meant listen to this. This is why I need the snow day. Yeah, you do need a snow day. I'm I'm checking the the forecast for you. The teacher that just had a whole week off. Yeah, but you haven't had like a snow day. Everyone else in the Midwest has had like 15 snow days and you have not had any. No, this teacher, no. We've had cold enough days where if there was precipitation in the air it would have been a snow day but it was the clearest clear freezing day so we've had plenty of those where we were commuting as icicles but there was nothing to keep us home so good times but you know if I go to school if I'm at school I'm at school if I'm not I will just be the happiest little clam in the ocean in the very cold ocean yeah (laughs) anyway yes happy March I can't believe we made it Yes. Happy Women's History Month. Um, Read some stuff on women's history. Make it diverse. Make it amazing. Um, This interview is awesome. I'm so so excited. She's one of my favorite women. She's fantastic. And what else is happening in March? We are ending season three with a bang. And we are picking up with season four with uh, on. We're doing seasons. So you know spring summer is season four we're ending winter we hope winter ends <laughs> fingers crossed yeah um but we have a couple of great interviews to end season three with and today we have tiffany Hahn, and she has it's a really fantastic episode it's really great she has so much wisdom so much advice so much just real talk and we will get to the interview in a second um if you guys haven't joined us yet for book club head over to patreon.com slash crafty ass female this book is amazing this book has so much i am flipping through it i am playing with the stickers i am writing little joyful notes to myself i think it will be me and a book that takes its time to if there is a snow day it's just such a good like unwind book i'm liking it right it's just one of those things where you want to just wrap yourself in a blanket and like touch the book <laughs> yeah. a book that wants to be petted that's how i, I want you to slow down just want you to slow the f down <laughs> yeah so if you haven't joined us yet for book club if you are a patron join us in the discord because we're chatting about it all the time um listen to the episode it's up on the patreon um, if you are not yet a Patreon member, go over there and join us. You help support the show. You help make it happen. You help me and Amanda pay the bills and other bills. Get access to all this exclusive content that's been going on for like almost a, a year, year now. <laughs> yeah. no, more than a year. We had our yeah. Patreon birthday party. We've literally been on Patreon more than a year. Happy birthday, Crafty S Female on Patreon. Yeah, you get access to so There's so much stuff. There's like literally... 50 bonus podcast episodes it's and then currently podcast episodes book club episodes there's so much stuff there is like insane amount of bonus episodes and you get access to all the audio podcast episodes for just five dollars a month and you get access to all the video episodes you can see me and amanda be adorable and crazy and hilarious (laughs) my cats walk across the screen oh they do all the time and so you get the episodes of ali edwards you get the episodes with brandy kincaid now you get an episode with tiffany Hahn, who is amazing 
Um, you get to watch us for $10 a month. Um, it's amazing. You just get access to it right away. So patreon.com slash crafty female. Book club is amazing. This show is amazing. Our supporters are amazing. We love you. And oh yeah, we send you stickers at $10 a month too. If you um, subscribe and you are a patron for $10 a month, we are so PBS. Um, <laughs> we will send you $10. We will send you stickers. Uh, and if you've already gotten our stickers, can you uh, Instagram them? And hashtag us so we can rebrand yeah. you. I would, I would love to share your pretty pictures. We love you. Thank you for supporting the show. And let's share Miss Tiffany Hahn with you. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale. And we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Hi, guys. Yay! Hi, yay! Sorry. We've been so good for like 60 episodes. We haven't cross-talked over in the intro at all. And then... It was about time. I know. We're we're ready to like start messing up hardcore. <laughs> Seventy episodes in, that's where you start screwing up. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So after Amanda's yay, now I get to say I am super excited because we have Tiffany Hahn here today, and so Tiffany has been helping me. I mean, you guys know who Tiffany is if you've listened to like any of these shows because I named up name drop Tiffany like all the time. Um, Tiffany is. Now, now Tiffany has done a nice, huge, lovely rebrand of her website. You have to go and see it. It's amazing. TiffanyHahn.com. And Tiffany is a life coach. And she is one of the most, I think, inspiring people that I have ever come across. I came across her in a time of need. And I found her. And she has been amazing. So Tiffany is a podcaster. She podcasts Raise Your Hand, Say Yes, which now has over 1.2 million that's million with an M. Million downloads, guys. 1.2 million downloads. And she's had interviews with, like, you know, the people. But some of her best episodes are the ones where she just sits and tells you the real shit. So I'm, like, really, really, really pumped that we have her here to talk with us about the real shit. So hi, Tiffany. Hi, thanks for that intro. <laughs> Good one. You are so welcome. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> so let's dive into some real shit. Mm-hmm. Tell us, well, I think one of my favorite things about you is that you love being open and honest with strangers on the internet. <laughs> it's a scale. <laughs> Which, yeah. which is one of my favorite things. I've been talking, one of my favorite themes on the podcast is I've just been, you know, friends with people on the internet. And it's a lot easier sometimes to just open up to the, quote unquote, the internet. And so you've been doing some pretty big opening up. You have a journey with sobriety. You moved from... California, like the Bay Area, California, to yeah. Colorado, which is a big life change. 
Mm-hmm. So those are two things I'd love to discuss with you today. Which one would you like to tackle first? Or even the buildup. Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about sobriety. I mean, that seems like it's really the, you know, moving. Yeah. It was hard and great. And, you know, we could talk about that. Too. <laughs> but I think sobriety is where the, like, really good stuff comes in. Yeah. So why? Yeah. Um, you know, and and any, like, you probably heard me talk about it, where my journey to sobriety, I think, didn't look like a lot of other people's struggles with alcohol um, in the way that we often hear the story of someone drank a lot and then they hit rock bottom and then they had to get clean. Um, and, you know, that's the story that we hear a lot. And I have had... I. I over two years sober now, but when I drank, I really liked to drink. Um, I really liked to have cocktails or have champagne or hang out with friends and get, get a happy hour and all of that. Like it was definitely a really big part of my life, but I always knew that it wasn't serving me. And this is part of why I talk about it in the way that I do is because I don't think that everybody needs to be sober, but I do think that we all have things in our lives that aren't serving us, but that aren't enough of a capital P problem that we we just accept it and think that this is how it is or this is how it has to be. And so that's a big reason I talk about my sobriety is because I think that even if you have a fine relationship with alcohol or you don't drink, we can all relate to the idea of that internal whisper that like, this isn't really working or something should be different or this isn't serving me or even like, this isn't going to end well. Mm -hmm. But we try to ignore it because it's more convenient in the present to ignore it. It's less disruptive. Um, So I started, I was always really drawn to stories of sobriety Um, Even though I was like, oh, sobriety, that's so boring, right? I had all these stories in my head about what that would mean. Um, But I started listening to uh, my friend Andrea Owen has a podcast called Your Kick-Ass Life. And she is sober and she did a sobriety and recovery series. And I listened to that. And what I noticed was that um, for a lot of the stories that I was hearing of – women who were farther along in addiction, you know, they say addiction is a spectrum, who were farther deeper on one side of the spectrum than I was. The the thing that really stopped me was that um, the things that they were talking about while I wasn't experiencing them presently in my life, I was like, oh, that makes total sense that you would lie about your drinking, hide your drinking, you know, affect, like drinking would affect your relationships. And I started to really realize if I continue down this path I'm on, it will disrupt my life in a way that I don't want. Um, And in the meantime, too, my girls were two at the time, which I have two-year-old twins, or right now they're five, but then I had, they were two. Um, And, you know, two-year-olds test your patience in a special way. And so I had created all of these rules for myself around my drinking where I wouldn't let myself have a glass of wine until after they went to bed because I was not my best parent when I would even have like a sip of wine. But what I also started to recognize for myself was that I would be like rushing through bath and rushing through bedtime so that I could pour myself that glass of wine. 
And it was, I didn't like that, right? And so what I decided to do was take a year off of drinking. I was like, I'm just going to take a year off and see how it goes. And um, a few days in, I was like, oh, I feel so much better as a human, um, which makes sense when you're not regularly, routinely ingesting a depressant. Um, and so it became very, very clear to me that it needed to be a permanent change. Um, and then I kind of went down the road of like my own personal journey of recovery and doing the work to look at why I drank, why I was okay. What, what was I getting from it? Right. That wasn't serving me and realized that I had anxiety. I mean, it was all of this stuff that kind of came out. Um, yes, I've been very open on the internet along the way. And actually I found the internet has really helped me stay accountable and find support in ways that um, are harder to do in your day-to-day life. Yeah, especially when you, because drinking is such a social thing. Yes. And a lot of the times when we have friends, they tend to drink or our functions center around drinking, parties center around drinking. You go out after work there's drinks weddings there's drinks and even when you don't drink there's a question about it mm-hmm. and that is really hard to navigate because Kristen, you don't drink i can't drink oh right because of the medicine and stuff but you feel a little of that like but, at a party well, people yeah and because i can't drink i found out very quickly as did tiffany wow, it feels so much better when I don't. So even if Mm -hmm. I could, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not to say like, hey, everyone should do this. But also in my own life, I don't see any other way forward. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and if we zoom out a little bit from the drinking, right, there are all of these stories and we're all taught these things about how we are supposed to live our lives and what success means. And drinking is one that you can very, very easily see, especially if you step out of it, how much of society is conditioned to support alcohol and how many stories there are about alcohol. And really all of that is run by consumerism, by corporations wanting to make money by selling you alcohol and selling these lifestyles um, and and selling. And I think that's what's so hard about changing your life. You know, my podcast is called Raise Your Hand, Say Yes. And part of what I found since I started it four and a half years ago is that everybody is walking around with something they want to say yes to, but they don't know how. And they, part of the hesitation is that it's not going to make sense to the way that I've designed my life so far or to the things that I've surrounded myself with. And for me, so much of my life was or had been centered around alcohol. It's how I celebrated. It's how I had challenging conversations. It's how I connected with people. It's how I came down at the end of the day. It's how I managed sadness. It's how I managed anger. It's how I managed fear, all of it, alcohol, right? And so part of what we forget is that when we want to make a life change, we have to like realign everything. And that's what's so hard is that we want the change. Our lives are not designed to make it. We try to make it anyway, and then we can't do it. We think that we are the problem. 
when really it's this bigger life exploration picture. I'm getting really heavy, but you guys know what I mean, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can totally get is, really heavy. I live for this stuff. <laughs> I live for it. So keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, a part of what you said too, when you were describing that whole thing is how you kind of called like capital P problem, right? And like the internal whispers. But like when I was on your website and I clicked the about and I kind of read your timeline, you were functioning and thriving before you decided yeah. to make the choice. So like that, like you're saying, like there wasn't a kind of crumbling and breakdown where you then had a rebuild. So that was interesting to me. Like you still felt like it was going to be a problem, even though you were able to function with it. It just started to feel not, not kind of what you wanted to running in the background. Yeah, it was a path that I knew, like, again, it was, alcohol is an addictive substance, right? Um, and with alcohol, the doctor is now the clinical thing, they call it as alcohol use disorder. Um, but what they found is that the more alcohol you consume, the more likely you are to become and stay addicted to it, which makes sense, yeah. right? It's the same with sugar or cocaine or nicotine, right? It's all, it's all a drug. Um, and so what I was doing was because I didn't have a capital P problem, but I knew I had that whisper, like, this isn't, this isn't good. And I would get defensive about it. And I would wake up in the morning, even if I had like one or two glasses of wine, I would wake up in the morning feeling fuzzy and feeling like, what did I say? Did I, oh, you know, and one, I don't want to wake up feeling like right. that. Right. Um, Two, so much of my life and work is about kind of going beyond what's expected or typical um, or trying new things or saying like, that's not good enough. I want to do this. And I knew for me that, like you said, I had done a lot and I was thriving and everything looked really good, especially on paper. Um, but I knew that the one thing that I was not willing to try up until that point was giving up drinking. And I knew that it was holding me back. Um, and I knew that it was dulling my edges, you know, um, but I also knew like I didn't have a DUI. Um, I didn't lose my kids, but I was like, oh, if I'm still doing this in 10 years, it may not be a good look for my mm. relationship with my children or my husband mm. or my, my life. Right. Because, again, it's it's that spectrum. But it was really, really interesting when I started to tell people that I was quitting because so many people in my life are like, but you're fine. Yeah. You're, you don't have a problem. And I was like, you're right. And I don't have a good relationship with this thing that's in my life. Therefore, I am going to remove it. And what I thought, I used to think about it like it would be a punishment, but it's been the best thing I've ever mm -hmm. done for myself, period. Wow. Yeah. I've heard you talk about it in this way and in your in your class that I've been in for almost two years now, you talk about the way things serve us. And that's such a healthy way to look at it because if things are not serving us, then what are we doing with them? Yeah. And we have the power to change that. And I think that's the thing that I like most about what we're doing together um, is 
you're constantly redirecting anxiety and fear into agency. Mm-hmm. And agency is the most powerful thing that any one of us have because that's the thing that is not going away. And you see it in like, whether it's your sobriety journey, whether it's um, Amanda's been going through her anxiety journey, whether it's my mental and physical health journey, we all have journeys in which we need somebody to say like, hey, you know, you've got this, like, you have agency. My, so on that note, like my question is kind of like you've talked to a bunch of creative women and it's, you know, in your class, is it mainly career focused or is it attitude focused? And then on that note, after the answer to that question, like what is the common thread you're seeing as far as the source of the anxiety? Is it just because it's the culture we live in? Is it how women's brains kind of work? Is it conditioning? Like, yeah. What I found is that um, the the women who are drawn to me and wanting to work with me um, are really smart, really driven, super capable, often very high performing. You know, they are like hand raisers and yes, sayers. Um, and they are really, really good at doing things for everybody else in their life before themselves. Um, And I think that a lot of that is social conditioning. You know, I think a lot of that is being raised in a certain generation. Um, I I think that a lot of that just is a patriarchal society um, that we live in. And, um, you know, all of all of that. Um, And so what I have found is it's it's so interesting, too, because and Kristen, you've you've probably witnessed this, right? People come in with a very clear set of expectations and then they immediately are like, whoa, I'm getting so much more than I thought I even needed. And and, you know, they come in because they're like, I want to grow my newsletter following. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, let's really dig into the fear. And then then it's all of this other mm-hmm. stuff that gets unpacked. And what I like to say is um, you might want to go places in your career or change your relationships with people or, you know, just show up and like wear the leather leggings if you want um, or or start a business or grow your business. But it all comes down to the spirit of being willing to raise your hand, say yes, and then follow through, right? There's such an integration piece and follow through both in what you do and who you are. And I think that's where I really try to marry that in the class is we kind of go back and forth between what are you believing about yourself in this moment? What are you forgetting to believe that's holding you back? And then how can you actually follow through and execute so that you can make progress on the things that you want to do, but without completely burning yourself out and without sacrificing your standards? Yeah. And following through is the agency part. It's then making the move based on yeah. all the mental work you're doing. Right. So you have to believe that you can do it and then you actually have to do it. And so I think that the doing and the being have to really exist hand in hand. Yeah, I think you do a really good job of promoting like a whole life harmony without being totally new age. Mm-hmm. You're you're like just enough woo for me. Yeah, she's used that <laughs> a bunch of times and I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I I think that you know, if somebody is like completely anti-woo, <laughs> probably not the best place for them because I am going to, you know, I because so much of this work I think involves really really getting in touch with your intuition. And so if if you just want a binder of like tell me how to be successful in life, I'm I'm not selling a formula. My thing is like, well, let's go inside you and see what you already know and help you take that seriously. Because we all know, right? We all know we just don't want to know or we're afraid of it or it's going to be disruptive or we have no idea what to do with the knowing. And I think that's a huge thing. And, you know, it, it happens even in like, I want to, like, for example, one of my goals for this year is to sew my own clothing. Um, and I know theoretically, like I can get a pattern and get some fabric and then follow the directions. And at the same time, the thought of like sewing my own, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. Um, and so what do I do? I just look at Instagram. Mm-hmm. And zero progress. And when really, even as I say this out loud, I have a book, a pattern book waiting for me at the library. Like I need to just go to the fabric store and buy a yard of fabric and get out my scissors and cut it up and get out my sewing machine and see what happens, right? Like I know that, but I'm not doing it for all these other reasons. And so that's like a really micro example of the kinds of things that we all experience all the time that are not getting us to be living the lives that we wanna live. Cause I wanna live the life of someone who sews her own clothes. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think so many of us are so afraid of being that cool person. Yeah. Right. Because of what you said, though, earlier is that it, it requires this, like, all these strings attached to the life you already have, that you have to, like, tweak those strings. So you want to make the change, which is over here. But then there's all these strings that you're like, oh, no, what if they get pulled or knotted or twisted or that makes well, sense. Or you realize that your life doesn't support it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like for me, I think the the example of like sewing my own clothes, it's like. You know, if I like to start sewing my own clothes, I mean, one is probably going to take me two months to make a shirt. <laughs> so it's not like my wardrobe is going to be, it's not like they're going to be spilling out of the closet or anything. Um, but what I also think about is like, oh, what am I going to do it? Because I already have so much that I'm doing and I'm tired and I don't know. At the same time, I just signed up for a three-month pottery class. Fun. Uh, done through like our local rec center that's on Monday mornings for two hours Mm -hmm. every Monday during work time. But like, that's also because this vision of my life is somebody who actually has time, like my business supports my Mm -hmm. life and that I'm able to make things and have these creative outlets. So in that respect, like I'm, that's where I think the structure of a class comes Mm -hmm. in really, right? So probably what I, as I think this through, I should like find a class here or online where I can like make a shirt. That's what I need to do, right? Right. And like, knowing those structures and then being like oh okay well this is where it fits in on my calendar because my business is supporting my life and my life supports my business and like this whole life business harmony thing we all talk about life work work life balance and like balance sucks harmony i like harmony so much better because life you know balance is like that seesaw where you know someone's always up someone's always down like it never works at least with harmony we can feel like there's this circle of you know i'm getting some from here i'm getting some from here i'm coming some from here there's this this 
sphere of stuff Mm -hmm. and not just two sides because nothing's black and white everything is in the middle and so if it's just this giant blob of life that sticks together because we make it stick together then we get to define it with whatever we make stick together well, and we've all been fed so many bullshit messages. Can I say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We curse all the time. You know, we've all been fed these messages of like, work hard, play harder, or whatever. Or, you know, I think I, I can remember when I worked in my nonprofit job, um, it was a Friday and my boss came to me at like four o'clock and was like, oh, we decided to do this thing and you need to... Um, it was during the holidays and we had to like put notes in food bags that were going to go out to pantry participants. Um, and he was like, but they need to be done by tomorrow. So cool. Right. As he walked out the door. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm staying late on a Friday. And I sort of wrangled my coworkers to stay and help me. But looking back at that, I think back to that all the time. And I'm like, Oh, I should have said to him, when do you want me to mm-hmm. do this? Right? Like I should have, it's not even about being like, rah, yeah. stick it to the man. But it's more about just saying like, but it's Friday at four o'clock. Yeah. That's not right. Right. Yeah. Like that's not okay. Like, are you going to stay and help me? Right? I mean, I could have even been like that much of a conversation, but I think that I was taught, you know, you want everyone to like you and the best thing that you can do is be beautiful and sweet and that's some bullshit (laughs) yeah it is right like uh um and and so i've been working really hard over the last dozen years to really unpack that and be like what what do i and and since having my girls right like what do i want to teach them what's most important what do i want them to know growing up um so it's yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, so I love this class. I think it's the most amazing thing. And I think everyone, if this is something that's even vaguely interesting to you, go over to Tiffany's website and check it out because you guys know that I've been talking about it for a million years. So definitely go check it out. One of the things that I have to ask, though, is that, so I found you, literally. So confession, montage, add it to the montage. Yeah. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I am not what you would call a podcast person. I found you through your, let's call it limited run, other podcast, Brand Crush. Mm-hmm. I was literally right before you opened the enrollment to Inner Circle. And you had done a couple of other projects before. Why are you choosing to go all in with raise your hand say yes and can we expect to see some of your other classes appearing in the future or maybe maybe not yeah that's a great question i don't i don't know and the yeah my answer is like i I think you can i think i don't know um so before so when you found me i was uh teaching um, so I, I started my Raise Your Hands Say Yes podcast in 2014, shortly after I had my children, because that's what you want to do right after you have friends, <laughs> start a podcast. Um, 
And um, that was also when I started teaching a class called 100 Rejection Letters as a year-long class. Um, it was all about, and this is the interesting thing, right? Is that my work is all about like standing up for what you really believe in, being the person you really want to be, being the best version of yourself, sidestepping fear to take action. Um, but I, I kind of went down the business and branding coach realm. Um, and again, I am really, really good at like, yeah, let's do that. And then executing and forgetting to check in with myself. And so what I, what I found a couple of years ago was that um, I was doing two weekly podcasts, which is crazy. Um, and I was teaching three different classes where um, I was kind of just deep in it with like launch cycles and teaching and everything. And, and um, I started to look at everything that I was doing and be like, you know what I really want to be talking about is this other stuff, right? So I'm teaching, let's say um, – teaching branding and you, Kristen, come to me and you're like, well, I need some help with like how I'm branding this. And my question is always like, what do you really wanna say? What's really going on? Why aren't you letting yourself say that? What are you most afraid to say out loud? How can we get into that? How can we start unpacking that? Which is useful for branding, but then I would, then I kind of came around to like, oh. So rather than I was like dressing it up in branding and then I was like, so why don't we take the, costume off and call it what it is right because i i also have experienced where people come to me and they're like i want to take your class but i don't have a business and i'm like that's okay mm -hmm. because it's not about business mm -hmm. right and, and i can answer questions you know and give feedback on businessy things if, if somebody wants it i'm happy to do that but whenever someone comes to me with a business question how do i market x i'm always like well what's really going on right and that's the same as how do I market this or how do I talk to my boss or how do I say this to my husband mm -hmm. or how do I parent my children or how do I put on the clothes I really want to be wearing even though I'm not sure if I'm allowed to wear them. It's all, it all is the same thing that we need to learn. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's, that was the shift. And then, you know, it's interesting. I think that fairly certain my 100 rejection letters offer is going to come back either as some sort of a kit you can buy. Um, you know, I like the, I like the paper mm -hmm. things. Um, or as like a kit and a class kind of thing. I just had the idea today, though, of pitching the concept to uh, a product company that I know. Um, just to be like, yeah, maybe you guys just want to like buy it from me. Um, but we'll see. I think that'll be coming back probably mid-year. The branding work, uh, I don't know. It sounds like I'm you found a better home for it. Yeah, it's it's really, I think what I want to say to everyone who wants branding help is like, come take this year-long class with me. Yeah. Because that will help you become the person who's able to make these decisions, right? And then if you need troubleshooting, we can troubleshoot in, within the class. But um, I'm really, really trying to simplify and look at what's instead of just working on paper like what's really serving me and the people that I want to be working with yeah because you really do I mean you can say whatever you want on your podcast from week to week but when you can really help people is when you can really get one-on-one -on -one with them I mean you are a life coach so yeah. coaching people is what you do best 
Mm-hmm. And the work that you do, I mean, the work you do with me is incredible. Um, like I told Amanda, I just started crying in therapy, like, you know, after being in therapy for like four years, just like whatever it was, like two months ago. And you almost had me crying today on our call, which like doesn't like literally does not happen. We've been on like 30 calls together and I've never even come close. But like today it was like. Needed to happen. It just like, right. No, it, this was what we needed to do. Yeah. And it's it's really great to be able to one know what you're good at and like get to a point in your career where like this is what I'm good at and then also be able to like articulate that to people and say hey here's what I'm good at and here's how I can help you let me help you yeah yeah and that and that part of the reason I turned it into a class was that I found that these were the things I needed everyone to know before we dove deeper, you know? And so somebody will say, what about this? And I'll always be like, go look at month two, this Mm. page in the workbook, because this is what you need to do. Um, And it's funny because I feel like this now has become like the qualifier for like, oh, are you going to do this class? Because you need to do Mm -hmm. this class. And then we can talk about what's next. Mm -hmm. But you've got like, everyone needs to do this first because I really do think that for my people, this, the, the core curriculum of the course is the is the foundation of everything right and then we can like extrapolate from that or ask certain questions or troubleshoot and all of that and that's where i think the coaching comes in um but it's really based on these monthly monthly principles that i'm trying to teach you know of of really like how do we chill out and move forward all at the same time Mm -hmm. and i think that's such a great way to do it and like you already know like oh okay i'm investing with tiffany i know how much work she's put into this program already Mm-hmm. And so you've done one other thing that I think is super interesting lately, inspired me. You took a month-long Instagram break. Mm-hmm. And I know this is something that at least half of our audience right now is thinking, oh, maybe that's something I want to do. <laughs> and then I know Amanda over here is thinking, but that's something I would have to shift and tangle up all of my knots. <laughs> and like, what would happen? I've and done like, it. I've done it like without intentionally saying like, I'm going to do this. Like it's just happened because I was been focused on other things. And so for the last two weeks, I've done it because I found myself comparing what I should be doing in my business to what everyone else is doing in their business on Instagram. And I'm like, I do not have time in my work day to be comparing my work Instagram to everyone else's work Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Off. And it feels so good. So can you talk about like why and like, what was your experience and like, what are you doing now that you're not taking your Instagram break? I'm not, I'm not proud of it. Um, I'm not proud. It's a slippery slope. You know, and it's interesting how many parallels there are with me and alcohol in this. Um, There was something that I, somebody mentioned back in October um, that there's a way if you have an iPhone that you can check your battery stats and see how long you spend on different apps. So I was afraid to look at that. And then I was like, well, honey, if you're afraid of it, you have to do it um, because, you know, that's my way. So I looked and it was like 11 hours in a week that I was spending on Instagram. 
And I sent a newsletter out about it, of course. Again, I talked about it publicly on the internet. Um, and I think I posted about it on Instagram. And uh, one of my students in my class replied and said, your Instagram is so good that I would have thought you spent more time than that on it because it's really good. And I replied to her and said, oh, no, no. That's just the time I spend on the app. That's not the time I spend thinking about it, creating it, writing it, da 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 da, da editing, all that. And then she replied back and said, oh, do you feel like you're just spending all your time working unpaid for Mark Zuckerberg? And I was like, <laughs> ah, yes. Um, and, you know, then I started to look at, uh, you know, a lot of my work centers around core values and designing our lives so that our core values are being honored. Um, and I started to think about it around my core values and around like, I really think that part of my work, my job is to show up and talk about the things that we're all experiencing so that we don't feel alone. And so that I can be like, it's okay, quit Instagram for a month. Um, and like prove that it can be done, right? And as soon as I'm like, I can't do that. There's no way, there's no way. That to me is like, man, that's what you gotta go do. Um, you know, so I try to also walk that walk uh, that I'm asking other people. Like, I'm not going to ask other people to take a social media break if I'm unwilling to do it myself. Um, but I started to look at, like, am I spending 11 hours a week, like, playing with my kids? Nope. Am I spending 11 hours a week, like, preparing food for myself? Nope. Am I spending 11 hours a week reading or taking walks or exercising or cuddling my husband or doing anything? Mm -hmm. Nope. And it just was, like, really uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't like this. Um, one thing I say a lot is like, if you're not sure what needs to change in your life, imagine that you were followed by a hidden camera for a week. And then what footage would you not be proud of when it got replayed back to you? And for me, it was a footage of me looking, mm -hmm. you know, looking at my phone. Um, so I took a break um, and I didn't open. I also have a bit of a Twitter habit. Uh, with like the political stuff, which is really hard to break and also not serving me, but like, I love it. Um, and so I took a break for a month. Um, I, I used a third party app to post to Instagram because I still wanted to be able to put stuff out there, but I didn't, uh, I didn't open the app. Um, I didn't look at Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest, um, and it was amazing. So not only was I given the gifts of time, but my mental space, because I wasn't carrying around information about everyone else's lives, was incredible. And so now I'm trying to, you know, I thought I could like go back in and moderate. Mm -hmm. And and like Instagram is not created for moderation. Mm -hmm. um, also insanely addicting. Yeah, and, and they do that on purpose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Again, it's for the sake of making money. Yeah. Like we are the product. Our attention mm -hmm. is the product that they are selling yeah. and how they make their money. Um, so I, I think that my internet, my my social media break should probably become a little bit more permanent. I'm trying to figure out how to do it, but still like see people. Mm -hmm. Right. That was the one thing that I really missed was like being able to kind of appreciate and honors people's comments that mm -hmm. they were leaving on my posts. Like that was, that's important to me. Um, I don't know if you are at a place, like, I mean, 
buffer reply is a thing that exists. I know that I'm not making enough money to spend $50 a month extra on like just replying to social media. Yeah. But like maybe if maybe $50 a month is worth it to never have to go on Instagram. I know. And you know, I was I was really curious about my engagement. And my engagement actually went up while I was off the app. And I think it's because the things I was creating and posting mm-hmm were so much better and it wasn't me being like, no, 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 no. Um, so, you know, I think that there is a fear of like, I'm going to lose all my followers. And like, for me, it was the opposite. That's so like, interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really good insight because, you know, you're, I'm making this one quality post because I have my 20 minutes of, you know, time that I'm spending on Instagram, mm-hmm. on the content for Instagram, not mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I haven't been on it for an hour already and seen what everybody had for breakfast. And should I buy these shoes that I saw? And I mean, the Instagram ads too, I will say are so well targeted Mm -hmm. um, that I love them and hate them. Because I've gotten really great things in my life. And also I'm like, ah, stop it. I just, right. I have a text message group with my friends and like some of the things that they... So some of the ads are terrible. Somehow they keep sending me ones for a portable hot tub that is, <laughs> it's lit by firewood. No, God. <laughs> this is not the first time I've mentioned this on the I podcast. I know, I know, I know. I have to, like, I'll have to email this to you, Tiffany, because it's literally insane. Also, it's like $4,000. It's made out of plexiglass. <laughs> it's insane. I'm going to also post it this. It doesn't sound very portable. It's t- it li- literally does not. No. <laughs> Also, it's really creepy, the things that they will, like, data mine you. I have been, like, very heavily advertised the um, Jordan Peele-produced Lorena Bobbitt documentary, <laughs> which no one that else is... Ge- right up your alley, Chris. <laughs> no one else is getting advertised. They're only telling me about it. So clearly, Jordan Peele made a Lorena Bobbitt documentary <laughs> only for me. They find, they send me ads for like the old Navy knockoffs of the clothes I look at on Madewell. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's creepy. I, I bet they And like then I little... bought a pair. <laughs> oh, my God. From old Navy. Like they showed up on my, because it's cold. I mean, it's cold and it's cold in my office. Um, and so there are these like warm, like yeah. they're like lined jeans. And they showed up in my, and Madewell has a pair, but I was like, I don't know. And they're kind of expensive. Um, and I'm just, I just sit in my office, but then the old Navy pair showed up on my Instagram and I was like, yes, thank you. I'm buying these. <laughs> um, and so it's like, I hate them. And also thanks, but stop it. Yeah. Right? Like, stop. Yeah. Get out of my head. Yeah. My Instagram, like now that we're thinking about all this and the way that you kind of approach it and even like, you were saying like you set up parameters like you like put up the borders my whole instagram break which is it's always intermittent and i'll pop on and post and then i'll have another month off and but but it's all because like it's not a conscious change i'm making it's a life altering that i'm doing which is resulting in the change of no more instagram so it's interesting that it's like the opposite yeah as soon as you became a teacher and we're like i'm not trying to do this crafty sell anything anymore i've got this i know where mama's getting her money yeah, and like the whole like I need to address my codependency, I need to address my grief, like knowing that 
Instagram wouldn't be the source for that, that I needed to do other things. Like it resulted that I just wasn't on Instagram. I knew that I couldn't deal with all of it. And I think it can be challenging when like for me and my sobriety, Instagram was great. Uh, And I still connect with sober people on Instagram. Um, And so I don't know, right? It's like, it's, it's, it can be a useful tool but what I keep telling myself is like, it's not a useful tool if it's impacting your life in a negative way. Just like alcohol for me was a useful, like I would go to weddings and dance it up, you know, and have so much fun, but I would feel horrible in the, the next day. So it's a useful tool, but not if it's negatively impacting your life. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, uh, since I've been back, it's not, I've, it's been, I don't, I don't moderate well just doesn't my brain doesn't moderate well so even though i'm on it less mm. still in it yeah. you know yeah. and uh, i think i shouldn't be but i can't figure out if there's a way to you know go on three times a week i i think i have to like what i know okay here's what i really know is that when i'm not when i don't want to be on it i just need to delete the app it's the stupid app that makes mm-hmm. it so hard. Like if, you know, cause you can't, there are certain things you can't do through the desktop mm-hmm. and that's where they get you is that it's on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I even thought about like buying a parental control app and like password protecting my social media, um, which I could probably do through the screen time app and have my husband put a password in, <sighs> you know, it's just, but it's also like, well, if we have to go to these links, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's which one like I could do this, but then it means this. But also Mm -hmm. if it means this, is that like it's the whole like I'm only going to drink on the second Saturday (laughs) after 4 p.m. And like it doesn't matter if it's church wine. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, Or what if you just don't drink and that feels like freedom and then you remove a lot of people talk about moderation and the way that I it it makes me think about too, is that like trying to moderate myself required so much more energy than just not mm. drinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'd be like, Oh, do I have time to finish this glass of wine? Oh, dinner's being served. Oh, I should drink this. Can I order another, mm. she can order another, how much she mm. And you're not in it. Right. And like, I think the same could be said for social media. That makes sense. Yes. That, yeah. That's something that I completely agree with that. Like anytime I've had to have conversations around like why I cut things because okay so I don't know if you do Myers-Briggs but I'm an INFJ and we do this thing where we just completely cut toxic people out of our lives Mm -hmm. um and I've tried to explain this to other people and like that's why I will cut a toxic person out of my life because I can't moderate like that person will get stuck in my head and like future conversations and like how I will try to like justify this part of my life even though why should I have to justify anything in my life to this person who doesn't matter and I'm going to moderate seeing them once a year? Like, no. Maybe that's why the Lorena Bobbitt's in your feed because you want to just cut things off. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. I had I to love go there. You. You're my I had to go person. there. <laughs> you are just anyway. <laughs> the best. Speaking of that, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah, you you must have a bunch of advice. What is your best advice for working smarter, not harder? 
identify the things that aren't serving you. I mean, again, right, it all it keeps coming back to that. But like, where are you spending your time doing things that aren't working? So for me, right, 11 hours a week on Instagram. That's not me actively engaging with my audience. That's me scrolling and watching yeah. The Rock's stories <laughs> and like, you know, going down the explore page and watching 19 Hamilton bootleg videos that are 45 seconds long. And, and, and so that's not working. And all those 45 seconds, you, they add up to minutes and then you look up and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 And then you don't even recognize go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think that is one thing. And then really, really look at beyond what's serving you, what are the things you want to be doing, right? There are so many things that we're told you have to do, be, say this in order to say, be a successful podcaster. Well, what if that's not true, right? What if, what if, like I have had so many podcast production companies pitch me and be like, we'll take care of all of this for your podcast. And it's hundreds of dollars a month. Um, And then I'm like, or I could keep doing my system and it works really well and it's worked really well for a long time and I have the help that I need and it feels good and we know we've, we're in a rhythm. And, but every time I get an email like that, I'm like, maybe I should. No, yeah. no, don't. So like be, it's, I think the discernment and this is something that I teach in my class too is like, being able to learn the difference between a good idea and what you really want and need. Mm-hmm. And what that helps you do is once you can really start to work that discernment muscle and it gets stronger is you can very quickly and easily be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. delete. No, you don't need to come into my house. Right. Or, you know, you do need to come into my house and this is going to require some effort, but I don't care. It's going to be totally mm-hmm. worth it. Yes. I love that advice. I'm getting there. I feel like my discernment mm-hmm. muscle's been worked this year. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. Um, what would you like more of in your life and what would you like less of in your life? Hmm. More I'm starting a podcast series on my podcast called uh, Money Sex Freedom. Mm. Because I think that we all want more money, sex and freedom. Um, so that that's what I'm doing some digging on these days. Um, and I'm actually really excited about it because every time I think more about it, I'm like, oh, I've got this person to talk to. <laughs> I want to interview this person, read this book. Um, I think just just space, right? Space and ease. And that's where I think about the freedom piece. Um, what do I want less of? I, You know what? This is very specific. I would like less thinking to have to be done around meal planning. Because that is a place where in my I'm just like, oh, what's <laughs> and I'm really trying to shift that yeah. and think about it. But um, that do you have an it. instant pot? <laughs> this is a recurring question. Oh, then I'll send you some of my favorite recipes. Please do. Oh, I, yes. then I really will. Yes. Because like I got one and it really helped like a huge amount. I don't feel that it's revolutionized things for me, but yeah, send me your recipes and I'll let you know. Cool. I'll try them out. We do all of our cooking at home because I can't eat a lot of things out, so I will. But the thinking about the prep for the Instant Pot is also kind of the thing. Well, look, one of the things that I really like is I can do a whole bunch of like protein in mm-hmm. the Instant Pot and then like that's my 
protein for the week and we'll do like you know that's a tacos that's a that's a pulled pork that's a Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and it's like oh okay well that's yeah so that has really helped me in the okay well I know I'm gonna cook a big thing and then that's gonna be four meals Mm -hmm. or I'll cook Mm -hmm. a big thing and then I can freeze half of that and if I don't want that protein yeah so yeah what do you guys want less of I want less clutter I Marie Kondoed my closet between our two calls today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I did say in our less more episode, less agonizing, more organizing. That one still kind of holds true. And I think I've been trying that with all the therapy. <laughs> just, You've been doing well. Yeah. Right. Like, what if you just don't have to second guess yourself? Same with the clutter, right? Is that I think we hold on to things because we're like, well, I don't know, maybe someday. But... And we do it with like, things we do it with habits we do it with relationships we do it with all of it and it, we've been taught that we can't trust ourselves mm-hmm. we've been taught if you look at um religious history the the idea of original sin was introduced in the fourth century because the church was starting to lose control of people it was starting to lose its power so they introduced this concept of original sin which essentially said humans are inherently bad and cannot be trusted and they need the church so that they can become good. Yeah. Um, and then we wonder why we can't trust mm-hmm. ourselves. And maybe I'm just a weak woman and maybe I need to have better willpower and fuck that. It's, it goes back centuries, right? And like, I don't know. I think I'm really, again, getting dense here. But I think that it's really, really important to remember that and remember that a lot of the things that we feel and internalize have been fabricated. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over again by people who want to manipulate us for power, for money, for... Yes. Because they feel shitty about themselves. Yeah. Or because they think they can and because it's fun to have power and money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because why not? Mm -hmm. You know, and and because they are um, physically, historically stronger and women were busy growing babies so we couldn't fight back. You know, I mean, I think yeah. I don't, I, this is getting, this is taking a turn. I love this but turn. <laughs> I think it's really, really important to remember, um, especially in the idea of like making the quick decision. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's something that like, one of the things, can I, can I give you a little exercise, yeah. Amanda? Um, one of the things that I do for myself that's part of a, in my, in my raise your hand, say yes class every month has a courage challenge um, that I, that I do, but I also ask everyone else to do. And one of them is, uh, to do the opposite for a month, do the opposite of what you would normally uh-huh. do. Um, and it's really, really fun to play around with. So for you, I would say next time you find yourself agonizing, ask yourself like, okay, well, what's the opposite way to do uh-huh. this? Which would just be make a quick decision, but remind yourself and remember that like whatever decision you make is right. There is no right uh-huh. or wrong. So just make the decision and be at peace with it and then see what happens. So try that like for the next five decisions. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. And like, it's funny too, because when I relayed that that's what I said in September, and then I was like, I think I do that. Da, da, da. No, I've done that. But even how I was just like telling you that I was, I just was like trying to take it back and not too sure. I've totally done that. So it's like, even in that, I was kind of agonizing about how telling you I was wanted to do that. Yeah. I hear We're you. so good at walking things back, aren't yeah. we? We're so good at it. So <laughs> good at it. And what we have to do is just be like, yeah, this is who I am, and then stop talking. Yeah. Full, right, like full stop. Yeah, it's so true. I am I a smart really person. Yep. 
Full stop. Yeah. Yep. I don't want you to do this. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. No. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Period. Yep. Yes. Exactly. So good. So good. All right. Are you ready to conclude the interview with our currently round? Yes. Okay. So our currently round based off of Kristen's currently card. You can get yours at areyoukristen.com slash currently. Okay. Tiffany, what are you currently watching? We just started watching this old BBC series on Amazon Prime called Being Erica. Oh. It's from like 2011. It came up as suggested and I was like, oh, this looks cute. <laughs> and I love it. It's about this woman who's in her early 30s and every week she revisits something in her life that she regrets mm. and has a chance to redo it. And then comes, it's really interesting. Um, and I'm really enjoying Ooh, that. That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> what yeah. are you currently reading? Uh, I'm currently reading the seventh Outlander book. Cool. Echo in the Bone. I think I'm not, I think that's it. And it's good. And then um, when I'm done with that, I'm going to read, I'm going to take an Outlander break and read An American Marriage. I'm really excited about that. Nice. What are you currently listening to? Uh, I am listening to the, there's a podcast out right now called The Dropout, and it's about the Theranos Elizabeth Holmes oh my story, God. which I didn't really follow when it was all happening, and it is fascinating and bonkers. Yeah, bonkers was literally the word I was going to use. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, Wow. I, I, my husband isn't listening to it, but I'll like, I'll be like, but, but, but like Walgreens, they were like 40 Walgreens. And he's like, yeah, I remember him like, it's really interesting. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it. it's a wild story. Yeah. What are you currently making? Money. money. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, you know, I'm currently working on, so it's, we're recording in February. So I'm currently working on putting together all the pieces for the, everyone in my class gets a kit in the mail. So we are like in it for the kit. So uh, just got the workbook edits done. That's going to the printer this week. We've got all kinds of like really fun packaging stuff coming and happening. And uh, so that's what I'm currently making. And I love it. Fun. What are you currently feeling? <sighs> feeling, you know, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I have been deep in the like work. I just launched my new website last week and like getting all kinds of things done. And I'm feeling like I'm able to sort of peek up and be like, Hey, what else is out yeah. here? So feeling really hope hopeful and, um, having like more at peace, which feels good. Okay. What are you currently planning? My money, sex, freedom series on my podcast. When is that like a go? Um, I think that it's going to start in April and my initial, my initial thought was that it would be like a three month series. So I would do money for one month, sex for one month and freedom for one month, but I'm, there's a lot to unpack in those three things. And there are a lot of things that kind of intertwine. So the, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, this might be like an indefinite thing that we talk mm -hmm. about. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really, really excited to like, probably next week I'm going to start 
trying to get some interviews booked and things like that. Um, so that'll be fun to start making that real. That sounds amazing. No one talks about those things. No, and like we all want more yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. And they're all, right, like they're all intertwined and thinking about joy and pleasure and, and money and resources and Well, I should say bodies. men talk about them. Oh, men have no problem getting any of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But like women, we don't talk about them as, they're forbidden things as women. I did a poll on my Instagram stories a while ago and I said like, how would you, could you use more money and orgasms in your life? And like, like two people said no, right? There were like two people that were like, no, nah, I'm all good. And then the rest, it was like an overwhelming yes. And I was like, this is something that we need to dig into. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, what are you currently loving? This conversation. Yeah, Me too. This has been amazing. This is great. Let's this do some, some more. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, we are going to dive into some awesome stuff in After Chatter. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, maybe more sex and money and everything else. Right in Because, yeah. Who cannot use more of that? Um, <laughs> And so everyone, thank you for supporting the show. Everyone, thank you for listening. Tiffany, thank you for coming on. Like, Thank you. This has been awesome. This has been a great conversation. And I'm glad that everyone knows that, you know, we really do have conversations and that I'm not just making you up in my head. Um, <laughs> I am a real person. <laughs> Tiffany is a real person and not just my imaginary friend. Um, and she's awesome. And you guys should definitely, definitely go and check out her class because if, if it is something that you think you need then really check it out and we're gonna continue this conversation yeah. on the after chatter show so head over to patreon.com slash crafty female where all the cool kids hang out and thank you to all of our patrons for helping sponsor this show for helping make it a possibility for helping amanda and i pay the bills every month they um they do come and we do have to pay them or else they turn <laughs> off the sound not the lights, <laughs> just the sound. Um, and otherwise, we will catch you guys next week with another episode of the show. We love you. And thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you.